Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the next hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Thursday afternoon. As we have plenty to get to. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Latest article up is uh, Stock Watch, where I take a look at some players where stock is up and some players who the stock is down. And it doesn't mean you should drop them. It means maybe you should have a level of concern. It could also mean this could be a buying opportunity. Because remember, we're dealing with a small sample here, and everyone overreacts this early in the season. So it's a really, you know, sometimes people say, yeah, you shouldn't trade early. Let your team settle in. At the same time, if you can sense panic in your opponents, this is a good opportunity to maybe trade for a player that's off to a bad start, whether it's the cold weather, they've had tough matchups, or some players just don't perform well early on. We've seen sometimes there's a track record that shows these guys just get off to poor starts and it could be bad luck. You know, maybe you're watching a guy and you're seeing, you know, three games in a row where he's stinging the ball, but it's just line drives at people, a uh, fly ball that falls just short of the wall. So there's a lot of these indications that you can follow, and maybe it could lead you to buying someone on the cheap. So uh, hopefully the Stockwatch article can help you with that. So you could check that out. We got NASCAR rankings, we got NFL mock drafts. I know I. Filed mine. It's not out there yet, but we also have an NFL mock draft from Riley Bymaster as well. We'll have dynasty articles for football, previews for the draft as well with player profiles. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. And that's really a good spot. You know, sometimes you have detailed questions. You have a lot of players on your roster that you want to mention. Really difficult to do with the character limits on Twitter. So, uh, you become a member and you get a answer pretty quickly uh, for myself, Doc Roto, or Sean Child. So it's a good place to go. We got waiver wire pickups, two-star pitchers, rankings for the week, and a lot of ways to get you in position to win your fantasy baseball league. Uh, of course, we got scoutdfs.com. Guys crushing it for MLB. You continue to see the screenshots. So take advantage and become a member today. Several articles, got the optimizer, Slack chat leading up to lineup block. Of course, NBA is winding down. Uh, regular season ends Wednesday, but you can still make money in DFS. And then, of course, playoff DFS, you know, especially early on. You got four-game slates uh, early on in the playoffs, so that's a lot of fun as well. NHL also winding down, but still opportunities to make money postseason there as well. PGA, MMA, so plenty of ways to make money and VegasWhispers.com. They've been giving out some free picks as well that have been doing very well. So just go to at VegasWhispers on Twitter, VegasWhispers.com. They document all the picks 
and you'll see the success you'll want to become a member and then you can get a private twitter feed for members only and you could set it up so you get alerts on your phone whenever the picks are sent out definitely a helpful tool lots of baseball to get to in this hour i'll have tim mcleod from prospect 361 he will join me in the next segment we'll get you up to date on the action this afternoon we'll give you any breaking news and of course the lineups for tonight's game that's all ahead on the show let's uh Take a look at some of the news that's going on. Uh, Matt Chapman of the A's is not in the lineup today. Initially, it thought was he was getting rest, but he got hit on the wrist yesterday, and he's a little sore. So they're going to take it cautious, and they're going to sit him out here today. He's obviously off to a good start, batting 303 with three home runs through the first nine games. So he'll sit today. They do expect him back in the lineup tomorrow, so it doesn't look like it's anything serious there. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will begin playing in rehab games today with high A Dunedin. So uh, maybe a week, two weeks in there, or maybe a week in the low levels, then AAA. But you would expect to see him relatively soon. So I would say probably late April. Uh, if he doesn't hit, maybe they keep him down there longer. But you got to think that he's going to be up relatively quickly and as I mentioned at the time, even though he did fall in some drafts, if you were high on Guerrero, you shouldn't have really dinged him too much because you knew he was going to come back mid to late April anyway. So maybe you take away a week's worth of at-bats, maybe two weeks at the most. So yes, does that shift the projection just a little bit? But you shouldn't have uh, dropped him uh, down too much. Anibal Sanchez left yesterday's game with a hip injury. He got hit by a comebacker. And he was in pain after the game, uh, but they're saying it was only a bruise. He was fine today. He is expected to make his next scheduled start for the Nationals. The Braves activated A.J. Minter from the DL today. Remember, he was out due to tightness in his throwing shoulder, and Bryce Wilson was sent down to the minor leagues as he had a start on Saturday and wasn't very good against the Phillies. He walked four and three and a third and allowed five hits. So, Minter might get an opportunity to close. We did see Erodis Vizcaino come in last night and get a save. Minter got some opportunities to close last year as well. Maybe they ease him back in early on. But he's certainly worth owning in the deeper formats to see if he gets save opportunities. And kind of that's the way the landscape has changed. It feels like any bullpen with a question mark, two or three or even four arms are owned from that pen as everyone is just trying to find a way to get saved. So, I do have Minter in one league, and uh, I'll get him back in the lineup with the hopes that he can get some saves because uh, it's not like Vizcaino has the job on lock. So that's something to see how it pans out in Atlanta. Aaron Hicks has been cleared for baseball activities, so that's a good sign. He's been dealing with this back pain. He's had a couple of cortisone shots, so obviously the Yankees could really use him right now. And maybe he's out uh, back out in the lineup Two weeks, three weeks, who knows? Again, backs are very tricky. I mean, he could be fine today. Tomorrow could be an issue. So that's something to keep an eye on there. Not a surprise. The Yankees officially placed Troy Tulowitzki on the DL injured list. I got to stop saying DL. On the injured list with a left calf strain. No surprise here. I'm sure people had some fun pools on when Tulo would get hurt. I don't think most people expected him to make it out of April unscathed. Not someone I even wanted to draft at all, even in draft champions leagues. It's just like, why bother? This guy has not shown the ability to stay healthy. So 
he goes on the injured list, and the Yankees uh, recall Thyro Estrada from AAA, so he might get some time. You know, Anthony Alford was a guy I think a lot of people expected to get playing time in one of my leagues where Fab runs on Wednesday night and Sunday. Someone picked him up yesterday. Well, they woke up today, and they weren't feeling too good about it because Alford was sent to AAA Buffalo. So he was there with the Jays yesterday. He went 0 for 3 with a strikeout, and they sent him down to the minor league. So I would think he does get called up at some point and get an opportunity to play there because uh, this is a team that is certainly uh, in the rebuilding phase, and maybe they want to give him an opportunity. Uh, Not good news here on Marcel Ozuna, who was scratched from yesterday's lineup with some side soreness, and uh, Ozuna is scheduled to get an MRI. So Ozuna was a guy that I think early in the offseason, I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. You know, I think he'll be better than last year. But then I think we forgot he had shoulder surgery, and he actually had a very late start to the spring. And then I started to get worried. I'm like, because I, I, I saw what happened with Michael Conforto last year. The power takes a while to get back. So I was a little bit concerned. Uh, but there's some worry that he has an intercostal intercostal uh, strain right now. And he's scheduled to undergo an MRI today. He was scratched from the lineup yesterday. So we'll see what that means. But it sounds like a trip to the injured list is inevitable for Osuna. So... That would open things up, I would think, for Jose Martinez and Tyler O'Neill. And it's funny because I was talking about this yesterday or earlier in the week, how I have Jose Martinez in a couple leagues, and you know, you're know you tempted to drop him. And that's one of the key decisions early in the year, too, is trying to figure out, okay, yeah, I want to go to the wave wire and pick this guy up, but some of us just did drafts a week, a week and a half ago, and you have to feel good about some of those teams. Now, there are some situations where it changes. Maybe you took a reliever late in the hopes he gets saves, and it's kind of clear right now that he's not going to get any in the near future. Maybe there's a player you thought uh, was going to get more playing time, and he's not. And other situations where you kind of have to be patient. So kind of happened for me with Jose Martinez in two leagues because this guy can hit. We all know it. It's just a matter of will he get that opportunity, and you don't want to make that quick, rash decision because we've all been there before. You decide, all right, you know what? Martinez is not playing. There's no at-bats. Their Cardinals are sticking with Dexter Fowler. It's not going to change. I'm going to drop him. And then what happens the next day, two days later, an injury happens. And now all of a sudden, you're looking at consistent playing time. So right now, we could be looking at more playing time for Jose Martinez and or Tyler O'Neill. So Keep an eye on that, but those guys will be big waiver wire pickups if they're available. I think in most 15-team leagues, they probably are owned. Uh, Martinez went very late in drafts. Even in a couple, I said I probably should have taken him. Uh, But when you have a lot of injuries, sometimes you can't stash all these players. But it's very important to look and see who people dropped. I wouldn't be surprised if over the weekend some people dropped Jose Martinez, and he could be on the waiver wire. So, Uh, something to take a look at. But those guys are definitely getting a little bit of a boost. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to go on a rehab start today. He'll be at triple A. He'll throw about 60 pitches. And Dave Roberts has said that Kershaw will make another rehab start after this one. So if that second one goes well, you might see him uh, pitch for the Dodgers uh, that week of uh, April 15th, somewhere in there. So, uh, that could be good news for those that got him at a discount. Uh, one of the top performances yesterday was Matt Boyd. 
And Boyd is a guy that I've had on my fantasy team for the last couple of years, had him last year as well. And people might have dismissed this. And this is the thing we're going to have to look at early in the year. I've just said that there's a lot of bad lineups in baseball, and there are going to be some pitchers that look really good early on. And the key is trying to figure out, okay, what is real and what is opponent's base. So, you know, Boyd actually had a pretty good year last year considering that he pitched for Detroit. Now, the ERA wasn't great. It was 4.39. But a category that often goes underlooked, I say it repeatedly, is whip. Matt Boyd had a 1.16 whip last year. That is very useful for a guy that you got in the later rounds of drafts or maybe picked up off the waiver wire. He had a 22.4% strikeout rate. Not too bad. Now, this year, the first two starts have been unbelievable. I mean, he has two games already of double-digit starts, uh, double-digit strikeouts. And yesterday, 13 strikeouts against the Yankees. Now, I did have him on the bench in one league. Uh, my daily format league, I had him in. And this is where the weekly league sometimes can hurt. Because when we were making our decision and I'm sure many did, to bench Matt Boyd. It was like, oh, Yankee Stadium, the Yankees lineup. And we don't want to do that. We know most of the time we don't want to send our pitchers who are average or not elite against the Yankees and Yankee Stadium, the Red Sox, the Astros. As we have seen, those teams have all struggled out of the gate so far. But we didn't know that there was going to be no Andohar, no Stanton. I mean, this lineup is not the same. And obviously, the Yankees have struggled to hit so far. But it was a very impressive performance by Boyd yesterday, allowing one earned run in six and a third innings, five hits, 13 Ks, and three walks. So, you know, he's never been a guy that has thrown very hard. He's been around 90 with his fastball. He was throwing 92 early, but it's really the slider that he has that has been really good. And just what a start for him uh, to the season uh, for him. And he is available probably in more shallow formats, and I would pick him up. And the first start was against the Blue Jays. We know they're not very good. But two games in a row of double-digit strikeouts for a guy that has had some success in the major leagues before. And is he going to continue that rate? No, I don't think so. But you also have to take into account, look at the division he's playing in. He gets to face a pathetic Indians lineup, and I know it will likely improve at some point with the return of Francesco Lindor and Jason Kipnis, but he gets to face the Royals as well and the White Sox. So it is a division where he can feast on. And I'm not saying, like, here comes a huge breakout year, but we did see some success last year, and, you know, he's had a couple years in the majors now, so I do think he is definitely intriguing. Another guy to keep an eye on, and I know I mentioned this several days ago. The two catchers in most leagues, it's a disastrous position. And if you weren't fortunate to get one of the top ones, and there's not many of them, even the a catcher one uh, in that tier of like 8 to 15 is not great. But I think someone who you could plug in as a catcher to right now is Blake Swihart. Now, he's not going to play that much, at least for now. But... When he does get in there, this is a guy that has the potential to produce. Now, he's only played in four games so far, and it's only been nine plate appearances. And, you know, he had a good game yesterday. But he's three for seven so far with uh, a home run, three runs, and two RBIs. So he won't play that much, but would you rather have a guy that is going to play more than him and give, a, and give you a 210 average? 
with not many counting stats or a guy like Swihart in a good Red Sox lineup that has the potential to produce. Now, he hasn't really done much in his career. He's had some injuries. He's a career 258 hitter. But if he does hit a little bit more, maybe he gets increased playing time. Maybe he gets the opportunity to catch three times a week. So I think especially in the 15-team league where you have to start two catchers, I definitely think he's intriguing. The Red Sox bullpen also another uh, story from last night. A lot of people, maybe you went to sleep late. It was on the West Coast. Uh, if you're on the East Coast, you wake up and you're like, wait a second, Ryan Brazier got a save? What the hell happened? Well, it was the seventh inning with a man on first, Chris Davis, was up, and they elected to bring Matt Barnes in. And I think you might see teams do this a little bit more. I think the thinking was there for Cora was, hey, this is a big situation here. It's 3-3. We're struggling. We're not hitting. We don't want to fall behind again and chase and have the pressure on the bats. This could be the biggest spot of the game. So I want my best reliever in there. And that was Barnes. For Cora at the time, Barnes came in, got Chris Davis out, got out of the eighth inning. Red Sox take the lead. Barnes gets the win. Brazier comes in and gets the save. So, obviously, I still think Barnes is the guy. Uh, you obviously hold on to Brazier. You add him if he's there because uh, nothing is certain in this bullpen. Maybe they split. But I do think this was a case of Barnes coming into a very high leverage spot. When we return, I'll be joined by Tim McLeod, Prospect 361. We'll talk about some of the quick starters with him. That is ahead right here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Fantasy I liked Rodon coming into the season as a, as a sleeper here, but basically just throws his four-seam fastball in his slider. Yesterday he threw 103 pitches. 98 of those were four-seam or slider. So he only threw five other pitches. I want to see more, man. I want to see more velocity out of him. Like 91 is just, it's not going to get it done. Even last year when he struggled, his fastball velocity was 93. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime. My latest article is a fantasy baseball stock watch, looking at some players 
who are on the rise and those where the stock is down. So you can check that out now. But joining me now to talk some more baseball, it is Tim McLeod from Prospect361.com. Tim, what's up? Ah, not a whole heck of a lot. Just watching Victor Robles uh, hit, I believe it's his second home run, uh, Adam. Uh, it's uh, It's been an interesting start to the season. It really has. Yeah, it definitely certainly has. And thank you for uh, reminding me as my Mets are lethargic today against Steven Strasburg. But I do think a big part of that, not only is Strasburg, but this team, I don't think they got into New York last night until like 2 a.m. And then to come on the quick turnaround, opening day, I figured this team was going to struggle offensively today. So hopefully they can get into that great Nationals bullpen soon. Yeah, that uh, bullpen has just a few leaks in it right now, Adam. Just a couple. Yeah, Trevor Rosenthal has had a very rough time so far. But interesting you brought up Robles because when I saw the Trey Turner injury, I said, okay, maybe this is now the time that Robles moves up. Because I think some people were looking at Robles hitting ninth and a little concerned. I think it's better that he actually hit behind the pitcher because it would still give him an opportunity to steal bases, which is what most people drafted him for. But that didn't happen. We've seen Brian Dozier hit two and eat and remain leadoff. Robles has been off to a good start offensively. He's made a couple of bad mistakes in the field, base running and everything. But if Robles continues to hit, don't you think that they have to move him to the top of the order at some point? Yeah, I'm predicting within about a week if Robles continues to hit, Adam. Uh, it's only a matter of time. He, he's young. He's going to make some mistakes. I, I think hitting him in the ninth spot right out of the gate is probably a good thing for him uh, rather than uh, the pressure at the top of the order. But I see him moving up there fairly quickly, assuming he continues to hit. Uh, Williams asked the deal. I think there was a lot of buzz on him in the preseason. We know the guy never strikes out. Uh, he puts the ball in play, but there was really no place for him to play. When you bring in Nelson Cruz to DH, you know, we, they had Sanoa third, then he gets hurt. They bring in Marvin Gonzalez. So he can catch a little bit, but he's not going to catch all the time. Do you see his playing time increasing at any point? Or you think he's a little blocked? Um, I still think he's blocked. I was rather bullish on him, uh, heading into the fall because I, I saw an opportunity in Minnesota where he could DH and catch because they're still carrying three catchers, I believe, in Minnesota. So I saw the opportunity to DH, and I sort of liked him. Then came Nelson Cruz, and I soured pretty quick because of the playing time opportunities. Um, I still think there's going to be challenges as far as him getting into the lineup every day, especially the way that lineup is set up, uh, Adam. Yeah, and I think everyone wants to see him, but you got to look at things realistically and see, is there a path to playing time? And I guess with the way the catcher position is, if you do have him as a second catcher, and, he, and if he's not playing consistently, and I talked about this with Blake Swire, I think in today's game with the catcher position, I think I'm okay with that. Would you be at this point? I know the counting stats will not be there, but look at some of the second catchers that we're playing in 15-team leagues right now. Yeah, do you want the 300 at-bats with a 190 batting average, or do you want 180 at-bats with a, with a 330? Easy decision for me. Right, I agree. Uh, and so far, Tim, you've been good luck because as we are speaking, Steven Strasburg is being pulled from the game. So we're getting it to the Nationals' bullpen. So hopefully this can wake up the Mets' offense as they have first and second and two outs. Strasburg being removed after 108 pitches, though. Great performance by him today. So hopefully uh, the Nationals' bullpen continues to implode. 
uh, talking to Tim McLeod, Prospect 361. And I think one of the challenging things this early in the year is trying to figure out, okay, which of these pitchers have made changes and are for real now? Because there are so many bad lineups across baseball that you wonder, okay, is this pitcher, is there something different here? Or is he just taking advantage of a bad lineup? One of those guys is Jake Odorizzi. His first time out, he struck out 11 over six innings, only gave up one hit and one run, but it was against the Indians. And I think we all know how bad the Indians lineup is. Is there anything that you saw from Odorizzi that leads you to believe that, okay, maybe he's finally putting it together and he can be consistent? Or do you say, man, it was the Indians lineup and I just don't know how much I can take away from them? Um, I'm going with it was the Indians lineup. Uh, I, I just uh, I don't think there's been any significant changes to his game that would allow him to take that big of a leap up. And, you know, when you start talking about lineups, I, you know, Matt Shoemaker's off to a great start in Toronto. He's finally healthy and the splitter's working, but one of those games was against the Tigers. And other than Miggy, that team swings at everything. If I would start anybody against Detroit Tigers right now and expect to get six to eight strikeouts. So with a guy like Shoemaker, and I've always been a big fan. I know health has been an issue for him, and he actually, I really didn't think about drafting him this year because I was like, oh, it's Toronto, the AL East. He's always a health risk. Now, like you said, he's looked good through two outings against, what, Detroit and the Orioles, and we know the Orioles lineup isn't very good. Is he a case then where you go, all right, he's healthy now, the splitter is good, I'll stream him in the right matchups, but I'm not, he's not a guy I can lock in every week. So would you add him? in a 12 or 15 team league right now yeah based on what i've seen i would as a matter of fact i did in toad if i'm not mistaken i added shoemaker and took advantage of that last start um i watched his last game uh real closely and uh, that splitter was diving all over the place now if he can stay healthy and that splitter continues to work uh, i think you've got a very very solid uh four five six type starter adam you know, I usually don't do this. I always check my leagues pretty much every day, even early in the year. It's just one of those things. I have not checked Tout Wars since Sunday when I put in my moves. I am so disgusted with my team right now. I don't even want to look at the standings. My infield is Matt Olson, Daniel Murphy, Francisco Lindor, Miguel Sano, and I only have one third baseman, other third baseman on the roster who faced five lefties this week, so I knew he wasn't going to play, but I had to get him in there. That's Jake Lamb, and then he got hurt yesterday. I got Willie Adams, oh. who can't get a hit. I haven't even looked. I'm pretty sure I'm at the bottom of the standings. I'm trying to avoid looking at it, but it has been an awful start for me in tout. Well, you know what, Adam? I went through that last year in the tout auction. Uh, everybody I drafted ended up being hurt. I even traded for players that got hurt. Uh, and you know what? All you can do is just persevere and hope at some point in time they some of these players get back in the game but it is a really tough way to start i, I feel for you my friend no i'm sure you don't you're in the same league and you're like f that you that you've seen me near the top of the standings you're like it's your turn to go at the bottom and you want to try and do well uh how, how are you doing i re, i remember you took a lot of young players and the tatis that really were how surprised were you to see tatis start the year in the majors um i was i was I was sort of shocked, but at the same point in time, you know, Machado made some uh, made some noise about getting the best lineout uh, lineup out there in spring training. So it wasn't as shocking after uh, Manny Machado's statements, but uh, so far so good. Uh, I'm I'm sitting around 
I don't know, ninth, tenth, something like that. Uh, I got to get uh, I got to get Conforto going and some of my other bats. But uh, so far, so good. It's it's early on, so uh, my biggest concern is uh, trying to trying to keep a healthy lineup and getting those counting stats accumulated. Trust me, I know that feeling. I had to spend some money last week and pick up guys like Telez and Choi just to get some bats in there. So uh, I'm going through it. But like I've always told everyone, you, you can never quit. You know, even when it looks bleak. Even last year in Tout, middle of the year, I was like ninth, tenth place. And I just kept yep. plugging away. And I looked at the team. And I said, this team has a shot. I just need, you know, some guys to get healthy, make the right pickups. And obviously was... Uh, tied for first going into the final weekend of the season, didn't win. Rudy Gamble of Rasball won. But I think people get discouraged early on, and the biggest factor is you just can't. Even though you look at it and things look bleak, you just got to figure out a way to keep going at it and never give up. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think you're going to really like uh, Rowdy Telez, uh, Adam. Uh, again, we get all the Jays games up here in Canada, and uh, – once they find uh, a new home for uh, Justin Smoke, which I think is probably around the corner and not too far off, full-time at-bats for Telez, uh, I think you're going to like that pickup a lot. I hope you're right because I definitely need some production. Uh, talking to Tim McLeod, you can find him prospect361.com. Carlos Rodon through two starts, 11 and a third innings, 15 strikeouts, and two walks. That's been one of the issues for him. Are you uh, optimistic about Rodon this year? Yeah, I, again, cautious optimism. Yeah, his big bugaboo has always been the free pass. And if he can limit them, well, yeah, he's poised to take the next step. Uh, uh, you know, you drafted him as a 5-6. I, I can see the potential for returning a 3-4 sort of uh, reward on him if he keeps the walks down. Yeah, that is a big factor for him. Uh, someone who was a hot pickup last week was Colton Wong and. You know, we've seen flashes from him before, but we just haven't seen it over a full season. He already has three homers, two stolen bases. Are you intrigued by Wong? Can this be the year he finally puts it together, or is this just a hot start and he's going to go back to being what he has been for most of his career? I think the skills are there to see a 20 home run, 10 to 15 stolen base type of season. The biggest problem with Wong is we haven't seen a full season of him since, I think, 2015. And, it's that, you know, when you're putting together seasons consistently of, you know, 300, 350 at-bats, uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, I, I think he's a decent dad. Uh, I, I picked him up in a couple weeks. Yeah, what's funny is uh, you maybe you've been through this. So I had so many injuries, and I had to put three guys on the DL last week and drop one in tout that I put in so many ad drops. And I actually had the highest bid for Wong, but obviously I had a couple higher. And right. it just sucked because I'm like, damn, I could have really used Wong. And you got to be – when you're making three, four drops, and I always put in like – I'll put in like 13 players. Like, hmm. I, I'm going to make sure I get someone – you got to be yeah. really strategic in the way you align them to make sure that you hit on the right positions. Yeah, the, a university degree in physics comes in handy at some point in time, yeah. Adam. It really does. No, it does. And, you know, I think that sometimes people, they just throw in a couple bids and they're like, okay, I'll get someone. You really have to be smart in the way you set it up and align it. So just take that as a lesson when you're putting in a ton of bids there, trying to acquire some guys off the waiver wire. 
You know, the Marlins, we know they're not a good team. They definitely don't have a good offense, but there's a lot of intriguing arms on this team that are off to good starts. Uh, how many of these Marlins guys would you roster? I mean, Sandy Alcantara had a good start the other day. We've seen Pablo Lopez with the increased velocity. Trevor Richards with the changeup. Are uh, Caleb Smith, I mean, are, are Jose Urena hasn't been that good. But are these Marlins pitchers intriguing for you? I know they might not win a lot of games, but there looks like there could be some stats here for these Marlins arms. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are younger. Uh, I'm really bullish on Pablo Lopez. I picked him up in several of my dynasty leagues uh, last year, and so far I'm enjoying that uh, that run. He, he's young. I think there's upside there. Again, temper the expectations as far as wins are concerned. Alcantara, you know, when I saw his last line, I went to a second site, okay, because no walks. Like, what's up with that? Like, Alcantara usually needs a GPS unit to find home plate. Lots of walks. But, you know, the arm is real. Uh, it's all about whether or not you can find home plate. And so far, so good. Uh, the Orioles are off to a 3 nothing lead today against the Yankees. They're 4-2. and two. Uh, Did we underestimate this team? Are they going to make the postseason? Uh, no. Okay. I think you, I think for a second you thought I was serious and you were like, how do I like put him down lightly? Right. I think that's what it sounded like. Well, yeah, you know, I do find it rather uh, amusing though, that right now both the Red Sox and the Yankees are looking up at the Orioles. Uh, uh, But baseball being what baseball is, uh, Hey, you know what? I think I originally had the Orioles slated in for about 45 wins. This hot start might actually get them to 60, and considering the talent uh, that they're putting on the field every day, uh, definitely the word overachieving has to enter into the equation. Yeah, it is funny in baseball right now. you got the Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees all with losing records, but let's remember it is April 4th, so relax. The American League is so bad that those teams can still overcome it because there's just a lot of bad teams. Now, we have to always... Be cautious here, looking at players off to quick starts. But one player that I I wish I had more, I had him a lot last year, that's Yohan Moncada. I like what I've seen so far. You know, the biggest thing for him was the strikeouts. They were down in the spring. They're down so far. He's always been a guy that drew out walks. Should we be um, excited if we own Yohan Moncada right now? We know he has the pedigree. Could this be the breakout year that many were hoping for last year? Well, I think sometimes when you look at young players, Adam, People have a tendency to think everybody is, you know, a, a Mike Trout or a Bryce Harper. And, you know, I hey, the kid's 22 and he still hasn't su- succeeded. Uh, what's wrong with the guy? But he's still, he's still young. The speed's real. I think the power's real. Uh, he's probably going to strike out a little bit too much again this year. But I think it's trending in the right direction. So um, I have uh, a little bit of optimism looking towards Moncada for the future. And I own him in no leagues, and right now wish I had uh, invested at least in a couple. Yeah, it is not like I had him lowly ranked. It just, you know this, sometimes you're in a draft and it just doesn't work out. You're not in a position. You either had a second baseman or you were looking for a pitcher that round. And it kind of sucks because you're like, yeah, I like the guy. I like the value of this year, and you just don't wind up with a, on the team. It, it's happened to all of us. Bullpens have been obviously a big topic, and they always will be, but the Twins bullpen right now. Rocco Badalia said he's not naming a closer, but we've seen Blake Parker get two saves already. Yesterday, Trevor May came in through an inning and two-thirds. They took him out. Parker comes in, gets an out, his second save. Do you think eventually they will name a closer 
and maybe Parker's the guy, maybe it's Taylor Rogers, or do you think that Baudelli will play the matchups and potentially use three different guys? How do you think it pans out in Minnesota? Uh, I think a lot will depend on the success of his committee uh, of his committee situation. Like, uh, I think the best arm in that bullpen is, is May. Uh, but again, just because he's the best arm doesn't mean he's necessarily going to end up in the ninth inning. I think they're going to shuffle the deck. I, I think when they've got a couple lefties in the ninth, you're going to see Rogers in there. Uh, Parker got saved the past couple days. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, of Blake Parker. I think he's all right, but I don't think he's as good as me. I think there'll be a lot of mixing and matching in there. And I think there's a good possibility that saves end up being split fairly evenly amongst those three. Yeah, it's crazy because a lot of times we're like, yeah, that's not the best storm in the pen. And I think most people would agree with that regarding Blake Parker. But it wouldn't be surprising to see him lead this team and saves at the end of the year. Uh, managers make those decisions. And uh, even Greg Holland's an example in Arizona. I think we're all surprised by that. And he's already got a couple saves. So makes it very frustrating in fantasy chasing these saves, man. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to see more and more of uh, a combination of saves and holds uh, in our game, I think, over the next 10 years. I know I have three, four leagues right now. They're using saves and holds at a half. And, you know, as the real game switches uh, and changes uh, moving forward, I think our game is probably going to have to hit it somewhat in that same direction. All right. That is Tim McLeod, Prospect361.com. Tim, thanks for the time. Good luck this year. Back at you, Adam. Hope you get healthy and toast. And thanks again for having me on. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. The morning after. Baseball umpires, they might be the worst now. The, the problem with the baseball umpires is, as you stated, they make it about them, and they're so vindictive, and they have feuds with everybody. You know, like, the NFL are just sort of clueless and old. You know what I mean? They're sort of like Walt Coleman. It's like, okay, Grandpa. It's like, all right, you know, they're 72 years old. Yeah, they're the refs in the NFL. They're terrible. They're just old. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Adam Rona is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. Don't forget, you can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. We got you covered for baseball, football, DFS, every sport. We usually have coverage for it. My stock watch is up. Looking at some players trending up, some players trending down, what you should do. Dr. Roto has his article up on a dark horse NL Rookie of the Year candidate. We'll have uh, rankings for the week from Sean Childs. We'll have his waiver wire article. I'll have two-star pitchers. we got a mock draft up for football. We'll have some draft profiles, plenty of content, as well as ScoutDFS.com. Those guys have been on fire for baseball, so come check us out. Read the articles, the optimizer. And, again, you're more than likely to make your money back on your fee pretty quickly, probably in night one, depending on the volume you play. So check us out, ScoutFantasySports.com and ScoutDFS.com. With Major League Baseball season now in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become their eighth $1 million winner or another one of the countless number of people who have won hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars using DailyRoto.com to help set their DraftKings or FanDuel MLB lineups. If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have already produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Let's take a look at some of the lineups for the games ahead. Obviously, not a heavy slate today, and there were also two cancellations due to weather. Uh, mentioned it on yesterday's show as there was some poor weather in the forecast, and it was opening day for those teams at their stadium. So they decided, you know what, let's just cancel those games. One was the Padres and Cardinals. They were scheduled to play today, as well as the uh, White Sox and uh, Mariners. So both those games have been pushed to tomorrow. So let's take a look at some of the lineups. Uh, this game is about to start. Uh, Red Sox and the A's, Eduardo Rodriguez and Brett Anderson on the mound. Mookie Betts leading off in right field. So they moved him back to the leadoff spot, trying to switch things up. I think they did this yesterday, too. Andrew Benatendi in left field hitting second. So remember, going into the year, Benatendi was hitting leadoff Betts second, but they've kind of switched it up. Steve Pierce has been activated from the DL. He's playing first base. So that's... Uh, important for those in AO only leagues and those in DFS too. Uh, Pierce hits very well against lefties. Brett Anderson's a lefty and hitting third with Betts and Benintendi in front of him. Good spot to be in. J.D. Martinez is the DH batting cleanup. Xander Bogarts returns to the lineup. He's at shortstop hitting fifth. Eduardo Nunez at third base batting sixth. Brock Holt at second base batting seventh. Christian Vasquez catching hitting eighth. And Jackie Bradley in center field hitting ninth. So a day off for Raphael Devers. For the A's, Robbie Grossman leading off in left field. Marcus Semien in the two spot playing short. He stole a base yesterday. He's been playing well. and We've seen him mainly hit seventh, but there will be times he hits at the top of the lineup. Steven Piscotti in right field batting third. Chris Davis, the DH, hitting fourth. Chad Pinder at third base batting fifth. Matt Chapman out of the lineup. He was hit on the pitch uh, on the wrist by a pitch yesterday. They said he's fine. He should be back in the lineup tomorrow, so hopefully that is the case because he's been off to a good start. Mark Kana at first base hitting six. Jerks and Profar at second base hitting seventh. Ramon Laureano in center field hitting eighth. And Josh Fegley behind the plate hitting ninth. 
Blue Jays take on the Indians 6-10 p.m. Eastern. Aaron Sanchez against Trevor Bauer for the Blue Jays. Brandon Jury leading off at third base. Justin Smoke at first base hitting second. Randall Grichuk in center field hitting third. Rowdy Telez, the DH, hitting cleanup. Danny Jansen catching, hitting fifth. He has been all over the place. They've hit him leadoff, bottom of the order. It's crazy how they keep moving Jansen around. Billy McKinney in left field batting sixth. Lourdes Gurriel. Junior at second base, batting seventh. Freddie Galvis is the shortstop hitting eighth. And Socrates Brito, who they recently claimed off waivers, he is in right field, batting ninth for the Blue Jays. For the Indians, Leonis Martin in center field leading off. Jose Ramirez at third base, batting second. Jake Bowers is the DH hitting third. Carlos Santana at first base hitting cleanup. Brad Miller is at second base, batting fifth. Greg Allen in left field hitting sixth. Roberto Perez catching, hitting seventh. Tyler Naquin in right field, hitting eighth. And Eric Stamets, the shortstop, hitting ninth. Man, that is such a bad lineup that you will continue to pick on the Indians. I mean, anytime you see the Indians going up against your pitcher with the way this team is hitting right now, you want that to continue. The Reds are in Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. Tyler Molly against Jordan Lyles for the Reds. Jesse Winker. In left field leading off, Joey Votto at first base batting second. Yasiel Puig in right field batting third. Eugenio Suarez is the third baseman hitting cleanup. Scott Shebler in center field batting fifth. Jose Peraza at second base hitting sixth. Tucker Barnhart is the catcher batting seventh. Jose Iglesias at short hitting eighth. And Tyler Molly on the mound hitting ninth. Don't see a lineup for the Pirates just yet, although it sounds like Corey Dickerson is headed to the injured list, so keep that in mind if you are a Dickerson owner. The Cubs are in Atlanta to take on the Braves at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Hugh Darvish against Max Fried for the Cubs. Albert Almora in center field leading off. Chris Bryant at third base batting second. Anthony Rizzo is the first baseman batting third. Javier Baez at short batting cleanup. Wilson Contreras catching hitting fifth. David Bodie, the second baseman, hitting sixth. Kyle Schwarber in left field batting seventh. He's in the lineup against the lefty, so uh, that's at least a good sign. Uh, we don't see that happen very often. Yu Darvish is hitting eighth, and Mark Zagunis in right field batting ninth. For the Braves, Ender Inciarte in center field leading off. Josh Donaldson at third base batting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Ronald Acuna Hitting cleanup in left field. Nick Markakis in right field batting fifth. Ozzy Albies at second base hitting sixth. Brian McCann behind the plate hitting seventh. Dansby Swanson is at shortstop hitting eighth. And Max Fried on the mound hitting ninth. Obviously a little early for the lineups in the late game. 10.07 p.m. Eastern. We got the Rangers and Angels. Edison Volquez against Matt Harvey. So not a lot of night baseball tonight. Uh, unfortunately, so it's a small slate there, but at least there are some games that you can watch, uh, and the lineups will come out early enough if you're interested in playing the, the small slate here. We do have some afternoon baseball right now. The Nationals lead the Mets 2-0 in the bottom of the eighth. This is the home opener for the Mets, and they cannot get anything going on the day. They have three hits on the afternoon. Steven Strasburg outstanding in this game. Six and two-thirds innings, three hits, no runs, a walk, and nine strikeouts, 108 pitches, 67 for strikes. So uh, he's had his two starts against the Mets so far. The bullpen has been a big problem for the Nationals, so they're looking uh, to get out of this eighth inning and hand it over to Sean Doolittle. And right now it's the bottom of the eighth. Uh, one out, nobody on for the Mets. 
who are struggling this afternoon. And I think a big part of it is not only Strasburg, because you know, Strasburg is very frustrating in fantasy because you draft him expecting great numbers and he doesn't pitch much. You know, injuries have always been an issue for him. If he ever could put together, you know, a 200 inning season, he could be really good. And we have seen it in the past, but you know, three of the last four years, he just hasn't gone deep into the season and you still have to pay a high price tag for him. But he's showing now that when he is healthy, yeah, he, he can be dominant at times, but the Mets were playing last night in Miami and they didn't get to New York, I believe, till like 2 a.m. And then you have to be at the ballpark early. So I think that's a factor. Not to make any excuses because, again, uh, this could have been a night game and Strasburg could have dominated like this. But I think that certainly was a factor. So Brandon Nimmo walks with one out uh, to give the Mets a base runner and get the tying run up at the plate. Uh, Nimmo has really struggled with the strikeout so far. He struck out again today. So he's striking out about 50% of the time. Uh, for the Mets right now, the, the Nationals uh, got a run on a uh, Wilmer Defoe safety squeeze, and they also got a solo home run from Victor Robles. Adam Eaton stole a second base of the year, and you know we talked about Robles with Tim McLeod in the previous segment. And Robles is a player that to me very exciting, and I didn't get him in any league except one. I wanted to get a piece of him, but a big part of it was I expected a ton of stolen bases, and while. People might be discouraged here because he is hitting ninth, even with the injury to Trey Turner. You know, Brian Dozier's off to a really slow start. He's hitting 091 so far, 130 OVP. And if that continues, I could see them pushing him back down the order. Uh, I think Tim made some good points. You know, with these young players, a lot of times teams don't want to put pressure on them early on. And we did see Robles make a couple base running mistakes, but. If this offense continues to struggle and, and Robles hits, he's batting 300 so far. He's got two homers and three RBIs. I can see them putting him up top the lineup to create a spark, to get the offense going. You know, Not often teams do what the Mets did. I mean, the Mets wasted no time putting Pete Alonso in the two spot there on opening day against Max Scherzer. I mean, shows a lot of confidence, and obviously he's gotten off to a good start hitting 360 uh, as he's up at the plate now as the tying run. Uh, in the bottom of the eighth. So a lot of teams are not going to do that. We saw with Byron Buxton for a while with the Twins. They're going to put him ninth. It doesn't mean that the guys are going to stay there. So you have to keep that in mind and have some patience as a Victor Robles owner. I know when the Turner injury happened, I thought he would move up. It hasn't happened, but that doesn't mean it's going to stick, uh, especially if uh, a team can, can continues to struggle offensively. They're going to want uh, to create a spark and, and for things to get going. Uh, but the Nationals have faced uh, the Mets and the Phillies so far. So... Uh, not surprising there. For uh, the other game this afternoon, it's the top of the ninth now, and the Tigers lead the Royals 5-4. Shane Green is in to attempt to get his fifth save of the year. And I put out this tweet yesterday. I clearly was joking. I basically said that, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention in the preseason, but Shane Green is this year's Blake Trinan. Obviously, I was joking about that. But, you know, these saves come in bunches. And uh, Green uh, was a closer. A lot of people did not draft this year until very late uh he had the job the whole year last year even when it looked dicey and again his era and whip weren't good but he produced a uh, pretty good numbers last year so we'll see if he can close it out uh alex gordon with a home run today a second of the year he's got seven rbis already two for two with two runs two ribbies in a walk he's hitting 294 you know he's hitting third in the order and he does have merrifield and Montessi ahead of him so uh, he could get off to a good start. Whether he can last the entire year is another story. Whit Merrifield, two for four with two runs. Alberto 
Adarboda Ramondesi, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. So he's looked really good so far, but he's going to have these games like this where he just struggles to make contact and will strike out quite a bit. But he also has power and speed. Jorge Soler, 2 for 4 with an RBI. Jake Junis, solid start after a shaky beginning. Six innings, six hits, three all runs, three walks, eight Ks. Kyle Zimmer came in, and you know I think he's a guy that people want to potentially see close. Uh, we only saw him in one game before today. Uh, Ned Yost said they kind of want to ease him in, and he struggled today. He came into the game and issued three walks, two of them scoring 18 pitches, six for strikes. So could he be the closer at some point? Yes. I did see some teams pick him up over the weekend. But based on the way they are talking about him, I think it's going to take some time. Uh, obviously, a lot of struggles in that bullpen right now. Ian Kennedy blew his first save opportunity. Peralta came into a tie game yesterday and struggled. Uh, Brad Boxberger did pitch a scoreless inning today and struck out two, but he is not off to a good start. So a lot of questions remain in that Royals bullpen, and this is a team that does not need to go out and acquire a closer. So one of those situations that we're kind of still monitoring there to see who is the guy. I I think Kennedy gets the next save opportunity. Was he good the other day? No, he gave up three hits and a run, but it wasn't like an awful outing. So my guess is he gets the next shot. It looks like him Peralta for now. Uh, for the Tigers, Harrison, one for three, three runs, two walks, and two stolen bases. He's a guy that can give you probably like 10 homers, 10 steals, uh, as long as he stays healthy. He does have Castellanos hitting, and Cabrera hitting behind him. Castellanos, 0 for 2 with two runs and two walks. He's got a 371 OBP to start the year. Miguel Cabrera finally drives in a run. He's only hitting 148 on the season. Four singles, no extra base hits on the year. Nico Goodrum, two for three with three RBIs in a walk. This is a guy I like. I drafted him in several leagues, and I think people got scared off when they brought in Harrison because they thought Goodrum was going to be the second baseman. But I thought they were going to use Goodrum as a guy they play all around, you know, DH, and that's what we've seen so far. He's DH. He's played the outfield. You can you can put him anywhere, and he has that multiple position flexibility uh, in fantasy. And he's been hitting fourth, fifth in the lineup. So, again, not a great lineup, but – you know, if they keep him there with Castellanos and Cabrera in front of him, he's going to have RBI opportunities. And you saw it today with a good game. He's off to a good start batting 318. So was definitely a fan of him before the year in fantasy. Uh, Spencer Turnbull for the Tigers. Impressive start today. Six innings, six hits, three runs, two of them are in two walks, 10 Ks, 91 pitches, 65 for strikes. I think he's intriguing in deeper formats again. You're going to look at the matchups here, and he's gone against uh, the Royals here, and that's a team that uh, does have some guys on this team that can strike out, especially a guy like Montesi. His first start was against Toronto. Again, another favorable matchup where he went five innings, forged three on runs, two walks, and five Ks. So there's so many bad teams in the American League right now that you're going to get some favorable matchups. Uh, the Mets... They strand a runner in the bottom of the eighth uh, as they bring in Tony Sip to face the lefty Robinson Cano. He strikes out looking, so we head to the ninth inning. Nationals uh, remain ahead of the Mets 2-0. The Yankees look to get going on the road uh, as they have a ton of injuries right now, and they just uh, lost uh, two games to the Tigers. They're now 2-4 and four on the season. Uh, they're in Baltimore today, and it's the top of the third inning. They trail 3-1. to one. Glaber Torres with his first home run of the year. Brett Gardner's 2-2. Two for two. For the Orioles, Jonathan Villar hitting a leadoff today. He's off to a really good start. He's a guy I liked a lot. Uh, one of my bold predictions was he finishes the year as a top three second baseman. 
Uh, I only got him in one or two leagues because he was pretty pricey, fifth, sixth round. He's two for two with a run in an RBI. He's batting 370, but really the big reason I like him is the speed. You know, the Orioles are going to let him run wild. They're going to be aggressive on the base pass. And in Camden Yards, he can hit 15, 16 home runs. We saw it a couple years ago with Milwaukee where he finished as uh, one of the top fantasy players that year. I think he could do that again. Alex Cobb making his season debut, two and two-thirds, three hits and earned run, no walks and two Ks. And James Paxton had a very rough first inning for the Yankees. He's allowed three hits, walked two, allowed three runs, and struck out two over a couple of innings and thrown a wild pitch. And uh, Paxton was a guy I did not like going into the year, going over to a new team. Yes, he would get run support, but he's never thrown more than 160 innings in a season. People were drafting this guy in the fourth round. And you could tell me pitchers are not going and throwing a ton of innings anymore. And I understand that. But if I'm drafting someone in the fourth round, I want to have at least a shot at 180, 190. Just give me the opportunity. Or a guy like Clevenger, who had 200 innings pitched last year. And Paxton might only give you 160, 165, and that's being optimistic. So that was my concern with him. Not that he's not a good pitcher. Love his stuff, even though he gave up more fly balls and allowed more hard contact last year. But just was I didn't like the price on him. The Red Sox early... Uh, bottom of the first, they lead the A's two to nothing. So look for that offense to get going. They're not going to be shut down for all that time. Uh, Mookie Betts, he has a double. He scored a run and uh, an RBI for Xander Bogarts as well as Brock Holt. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Got the Stockwatch article up. I'll be back Friday afternoon to wrap up the week with Dr. Roto at 2 p.m. Eastern. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.